Welcome to Get a Grip with Max Homa and Shane Bacon, a production of iHeartRadio. Sports fans, golf fans, or Joel Damon fans, welcome to Get a Grip with Max Homa and Shane Bacon. And if you remember, after the PGA Championship last year, uh, we had to have a fill-in for a host, and Joel Damon was kind enough to do that. He's the only man that's ever held a microphone on this podcast. And Max, he's our first guest ever. Joel Damon joins the show. Appreciate the time, Joel. Happy uh, to be with you guys again. Um, obviously, it's a momentous occasion in my career, so uh, maybe we can do this more often. That'd be neat. So uh, it's Tuesday evening um your time about five o'clock in texas so i've got to ask first question you get to pick how your body currently feels after a couple of days of celebration a you're at mccarran for an early sunday flight home b it's the last day of a member member at mesa cc c it's the days after the huskies take down alabama to win a national championship or d just kind of how you always feel you get to pick Wow, that's like quite the list. I hope all of those happen for me uh, sometime. I actually feel pretty good. I shut it off. I've been off for about 24 hours now. Um, I have a Gatorade. I've been having some waters today. Didn't make it to the golf course yet, um, but I feel okay. Um, yeah, I would vote on all those, by the way, that the one leaving Mesa the next morning after a round of Mesa <laughs> is easily the worst I felt. <laughs> you could, it was after that, uh, after Joel invited me, I thought generously. Now I realize I was just somebody's like, like victim for the for the Mesa member guests. That next morning was the happiest I've ever seen to uh, see to hear rain coming down on my roof, knowing that I was not going to have to play golf with, with Joel again. Joel, congratulations, buddy! <laughs> I, I got to say I don't want to make it about myself, but that was I was I was so happy. I was over the moon. I can't imagine how you guys felt. That was a that was an exciting, exciting tournament from beginning to end too, because I saw your name on Thursday up at the, uh, you know, near the top of the leaderboard. So I felt like it was, you know, obviously going to be a good week, uh, an exciting week to watch. So um, I don't know, man. Also, I was, it felt, it, I feel like we're all pretty good friends with, with some people out here, but then there's some that we're actually really good friends with, like maybe not just golf acquaintances. That was one, that was one for, for the good guys for me. And I, I had a blast. I know that's not a question. I don't interview often. I just needed to say it. Uh, well, thank you. Uh, I guess now you know how I feel uh, when you won the yeah, second one. Yeah, not the one. first one. the first one, but the one ripped. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was going to be my that was gonna be my first question was, you know, when are you going to win a tournament that I'm there for? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, we, can't, we can't all win them uh, with the best in the world yet. Uh, I think that's the next one up. I think you have to, what, you have to learn to crawl before you walk and walk before you run. I think this is kind of my, my walking moment. Did you drink enough the last that, uh, Sunday night to have to crawl? No, uh, sneaky, pretty behaved. I, I, there was kind of a moment where I could have turned it on, like in the, and the level goes up a hair, but, uh, Lana had drank enough all day, uh, <laughs> that she was, um, in fine form by about nine o'clock. So there wasn't, and Gina was, you know, he had an early flight out. So he was on the couch, uh, somewhat early. So overall we, it was a, it was a nice night, but it didn't reach the levels that it, uh, maybe I, I always thought it might get to after a W. I talked to Lana and she was drunk. <laughs> she, she, yes. she was not in good shape <laughs> yeah, when she left the course. Yeah. So, so Joel, the, the win more than I can really remember watching the celebration and just listening to you talk about, you know, Gino and your wife and, and everybody that is involved in your life in terms of competitive golf, 
it felt like we hear we a lot. It felt very much like a team victory for you guys. Can you just dive into how much this meant for your wife and for Gino and for your bubble to see you pull the, out the victory? Because I know how much it meant for you professionally, but how much it meant for everybody involved. Yeah, I think it, it was it, it was obviously huge. I, I kind of used to make fun of people who use the whole team thing in golf because there's only one guy hitting a shot and uh, it's kind of all on you no matter how good your team is around you. Uh, but man, these last couple of years, it really is kind of a village for me. Uh, I've my circle isn't very big, but I've surrounded myself with really special people who care about me. Um, you know, obviously they're all helping in my career, but it's more about, uh, you know, just making sure everything's kind of good across the board and then golf follows. So, uh, you know, for June and I growing up together, um, from, from, you know, we're kind of teenagers of best friends. Uh, he married, uh, my wife and I a couple of years ago. So he's been through it all the ups and downs. He sacrificed a lot. Uh, he's got two kids at home that he doesn't get to see as often. Um, and for Lana, I mean, she's been around for nine years, married for two. She worked two jobs to help pay uh, the bills when I was on the mini tours. Um, she sacrificed a lot. Um, and so it's just, it's just fun um, that we all kind of, you know, we're all hoping for this moment. We all thought it would come. And we all believed it. But I think it's even more special after kind of the rough seven or eight weeks I've had to, to start the calendar year that it would kind of come after um, – you know, a, a, a rough stretch golf, definitely the roughest stretch I've had the last three or four years on tour. Um, and like coach Rob Rochelle, who's out of Scottsdale, who's been incredible. Um, John Rehorn in Oregon state. Um, he's, he's been there since he recruited me to UW. So just a lot of people that, that have put in a lot of time and a lot of effort and they've always believed in me and uh, maybe even things weren't so great. Um, or things weren't as, as promising. It's, it's easy to back somebody when they're playing well every year and it's, kind of cruise control it's a lot harder to, to stick by the guy when um you know maybe he's not putting in the time or effort that you think he should be or you know he's struggling a little bit so definitely a we for me there's a lot of validation there for a lot of people and um just a really special moment for sure do you think uh that your we uh has like kind of believed in you even more than you believe in you not just recently but just in general are you leading to something there? Perhaps? A little bit. No, uh, yeah. No, I, I mean, we've, we've had a couple of chats about it, uh, especially since Riv, I know, um, slightly intoxicated Sunday night of your win at Riv when you got <laughs> back home, but it was one of those things about just believing in yourself. And, um, a lot of people for a long time have told me how good I am. Uh, and I'm probably didn't really believe it as much as I should or, um, and it, I honestly, I think it took this down kind of this last, um, I mean, Max certainly inspired me with his win, um, and turning it around, you know, cause he didn't have a great last summer fall per se. And he's kind of, you know, he worked really hard this off season and you're, you know, seeing the results early on here. So for me, it was just staying positive when, um, things weren't going great, which isn't, it's hard to do. Um, it's easy to be positive when you're playing well, but it's like, if you're playing bad and you have negative attitude, it's not going to work at all. So staying positive, Gino's always been positive. Um, you know, my wife still believed in me and it wasn't like I was on this, you know, like complete crazy, you know, it wasn't like I was about to lose my need to be, um, kind of stuck. And then I, I just, I had to believe in myself because, um, if you don't, you know, no one else will. So it started kind of just with a belief in myself these last couple of weeks that every week was going to be the one that turned it around. And I told people for, 
a lot of people like, oh, Joel told me this is a week that it turns around, but I've said that for five or six weeks now. So it's, <laughs> it was just a matter of time. I'm a huge fan of that process. <laughs> yeah. And it worked out that way. And I know that Gino, number one, believed in me long before anyone else did. And he always thought I was going to be a tour winner. And uh, that's kind of why I hopped on the bandwagon. Not the bandwagon. He hopped on the bag so early. And he's willing to make those sacrifices knowing that, um, you know, there was certainly a lot of good ahead of us. And I want to ask both of you guys this, Max as well, on the back end, if you could answer. But you guys both have similar stories with your guys on the bag. I mean, they're they're buddies before they're caddies, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. I think you guys both consider them best friends. When you're going through a run like you went through, Joel, I mean, I think you missed six to seven cuts uh, headed in. And obviously, you're a guy, and I, I was listening to your press conference earlier today, and you're a guy that prides himself on how consistent you play and how many cuts you make. And, and that's kind of something your bread and butter as a, as a professional golfer is consistency. When you're going through that, how much does it help having someone not just on the bag knowing they've got to keep you guys up because they're it's part of their job, but keeping you up because they truly believe it because they're such good friends with you? Yeah, I mean, I know that, um, yeah, Gino, I mean, even when it wasn't going well, like, can you stick with me here? Or, like, he tried to find small little things, even when I was missing the cut. Uh, I was like, hey, this improved a lot this week. Or, you know, uh, maybe I'm five out of the cut with three holes of play, no chance. He's like, hey, why don't you try to hit this golf shot so that maybe next week when you do need it to make the cut or you need to hit it down the stretch, like, that you can hit it. Like, let's not like let's do something a little uncomfortable here to make sure it's fine, you know, kind of on the back end type thing. Um, and also just getting up enthusiastically. Like if I shot, I shot 78, the first round at Tory, no chance to make the cut. And he was there uh, in not so great weather on Friday with a smile on his face and enthusiastic and ready to go. And um, you know, it's easy to kind of mope around and just carry the heavy stuff and throw a couple numbers at you and just get through the day. But um yeah, even when it wasn't so great, he still showed up every day with a great attitude and, and made sure that um, I was along for the ride and, and that I stayed upbeat as well. Speaking of the support, I happened to be at Mesa um, without you for one of the few times, the yeah. two weeks prior to your win. And uh, obviously got to see a bunch of your buddies, uh, members out there. And uh, it was fun because obviously a main topic of discussion whenever I'm there is we talk about you and Harkins and all that. And we, we were talking about you and they said, yeah, you know, we just hope Joel can turn around a little bit. And we were talking about, I was like, Oh yeah. I mean, well, it's just, everybody goes through like, you know, as we talk about on this often, even Dustin goes through little stretches where it's not great. It just needs a turn, but to hear how positive they all were after I would say anything like that. Oh no, we know, you know, he's Joel's amazing and, and he'll be just fine. How cool has it been to have all the support from them? I know you mentioned it in your uh, post post round uh, speech, but like how, how cool has it been to have, so, I mean, it's a lot of people there that like, the biggest Joel David fans you could find. Yeah, I am lucky. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not at Whisper Rock. I'm not at Silverleaf. I'm not at Miraville. I'm not someone at the super exclusive private clubs per se, but I think I'm, I'm at Mesa because it kind of reminded me of my hometown. Uh, the head pro there is just a really fun guy to be around. Uh, treats everyone, you know, kind of the same. And I get treated just kind of as a, as a guy out there as well at Mesa. And it's, you play fast, drink beer, listen to music. It's just kind of a blue collar, fun golf course. And, uh, those guys really have became some of my best friends. I've spent a lot of time out there with them, but they're all super supportive. Um, you know, it's one of those things like I know they sent me a couple of videos, actually, Mike Davidson and John Merwin, a couple of the uh, guys I'm real close with sent a video of, of me finishing on 18 and there's 50 plus people in the bar and they all got go crazy. So it's one of those things like you always want 
you always want to be able to do that. You always want to like, Hey boys, open up the tab. I'm coming back next week type of thing. And it's, it's, uh, it's just really fun that that kind of moment came to happen. And then they were all there drinking a bunch of beer. I haven't actually figured out what that total is yet. And I don't think I want to know until uh, the end of the month, but um, it is, it's just a good group right. of guys. It's a, it's a large collection of kind of different backgrounds and different people, but um, they're all just a fun, you know, fun place to be. Uh, I think Max and Joe went out there the other time. So, just they kind of accept anybody and everybody as long as you play fast and have fun and uh just a, a special golf course for sure i mean it's it's not the best golf course in the valley but i think it has the best people let's get it can't stop me i'm a champion i'm a champion i'm a champion can't stop me i'm a champion i'm a champion when you made the putt uh, to win it was like a three-footer and you get up like and you two. give two footer you give <laughs> it felt like 10 feet <laughs> well you give campos the hug tell me the honest truth you had to think that was gino right well no okay i knew that i knew that you he look right like there, you but... wanted rafa to carry you off the green <laughs> when you jumped into his arms <laughs> it was i just like there was so much pressure and so much anxiety and like Oh my God. Like, can I please like relief to just finish this thing off? I'd been leading all day. I hadn't, you know, hadn't played great on the back nine, but I was just trying to get in the hole. And, uh, when the thing finally went in, like, so like hands are shaking so much. Like I was like, just don't miss this damn thing. Like somehow get in the hole. And I, I, you want to do like the, the proper thing of like shake his hand, shake his caddy Eric's hand and like, and then go celebrate. But there was no chance. It was just like, I saw him. I was like, okay, do that. And then I was like, find Gino as fast as possible. Uh, what I didn't realize is that caddy had dro- Gino had dropped the pin on Rafa and his caddy. And then, I don't know, the, my putter, Scotty Cameron's on the ground. And Gino and I step on my putter as well. So it's like, it's just a mess going on there for about 30 seconds. of Because you don't really remember anything, really. It wasn't like, it was just kind of reactionary. And then. I was like, kind of when Lana finally got done screaming and yelling, I'm like, oh crap, I think I still need to go like shake Eric, the caddy's hand. I, I should probably get my stuff in order here, but it's just so chaotic. And, um, you know, I, I wish I, 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 in my head, it always is going to go way cooler and smoother than this, but <laughs> just kind of raw emotions. And, um, you know, it's been a long time coming. Well, that, that was one of my questions. I was going to, I was going to ask you talk to Gino yet to tell him that you're supposed to you kind of mess with the caddy and hit him maybe with the pin after before you win not after <laughs> right. he's kind of kind yeah. of rubbing it in at that point trying to stab him in the eyeball <laughs> I don't think he even realized what uh what he had did there um I think he just saw it posted on Twitter actually today or that he replied he's like oh, I didn't even know it happened so um <laughs> it's one of those things yeah you want to be like a good sport and you want to go over and do the nice thing but I mean at that point it's just kind of all hell breaks loose and you pick up the loosens later. Uh, we referenced your definitely not all the way to three feet, uh, foot putt to win. Um, we talked about it a little bit already, but you could, you could, uh, you know, kind of make me feel better. Uh, I thought you rubbed it in uh, by making, it. I thought we could have been a band of brothers. You could have won in the playoff and, you know, it's kind of rude of you, but just explain I, in length how hard, that is like, I know it's two or three feet, but how, how weird is that feeling? Yeah. It's, I mean, to get it on the green where I did in two, like a very simple two putt, it was a little bit up the hill. It was downwind. It was going to play about flat and there wasn't much break. It was like, okay. Like I, the people you can't really tell, but the amount 
like the hands are visibly shaking. The putter head is not staying still. And there's only a couple times in your life where you can do that. And there's no, there's no practicing that there's no amount of three footers you can hit in your life that prepares you for that. Like it's not a technique thing anymore. It is like just somehow blackout for five seconds, hit this putt <laughs> and at least your putt. Well, and say in defense of you, Max, I do know that that green and 18 is rib is gnarly. It breaks a pile. It's way faster. Mine was dead straight, straight down. Significantly it was almost unmissable. <laughs> I totally agree. Yeah. So <laughs> And I was winning, uh, you know, I was winning, uh, you know, opposite field event in, in Punta Cana and you were trying to win probably your biggest golf tournament that's non-major. So in those defense, but <laughs> thank you for you making can't, me feel better. It was, it's like trying to, I don't know. It's like shaking so much and trying to do something like, you know, like put tack something or put something, a little tiny thing. And I don't know, it's hard to explain. It's just impossible. And when it, like you're thinking, just don't be an idiot. Just don't miss this. But then you're thinking about, well, you have probably had a full minute, maybe even longer to think about it. So I'm trying not to think about it. I'm trying to look at the waves. I'm trying to do anything. And uh, then it's finally there. And you don't even realize what happens. All of a sudden, you're like, okay, two practice strokes. Okay, deep breath. Okay. And all of a sudden, the ball's gone already. And you're like, uh, what just happened? <laughs> uh, so... There's no right in the middle though. Dead center, baby. It was dead center, perfect speed. Um, It was one of those. Yeah, it's not one you can practice. Doesn't matter how many three footers you hit on a chalk line. It ain't preparing you for that. (laughs) I I know you love to give Gino a lot of shit on social media, and you guys have a good time. Um, I I gotta say, I thought trying to decapitate him on the 71st hole was a unique approach to trying to win (laughs) your your first event. Uh, Did you know how close you got to him? And have you did you kind of watch it a couple times? Yeah, I, it was one of those, he didn't even know that it had happened, I guess, like, because he was, I guess, kind of like, you know, jumped up or did something kind of with it. So he didn't even know it was close. I've never, you know, I think Billy Horschel might be the best at it. Like, it's a full on toss, but he catches it all the time. It always seems he to land. He practices like, it more. He's got to practice it. <laughs> it. It it was obviously a natural reaction, but I, I feel like I'm a better athlete. I feel like I could just kind of flip it in one spot uh, and not. I will blame the wind. It was blowing 25. I'll say the wind uh-huh. caught it and went over that way. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I'm just glad it didn't hit him, thankfully. You talked about how nervous you are on, on obviously on 18 on that putt, but the chip on 17 is is pretty damn easy on a Tuesday and a lot harder when your hands are shaking on a Sunday. So I felt like that was just an unbelievable sign of where, where your game was at. And I know maybe you would have, you feel different than it looks out there to, to us where, where it just looked very, very basic, but man, that was a really good shot under the gun. Did you, did you feel like you settled it or, or just, it's just one of those things where you, you were just obviously in a great spot technically and, and, and it didn't matter if you were a little nervous, it was just going to work. Yeah. I mean, you said it was a very simple shot. It is. It's in the wind. It's off perfect lie, slightly uphill. Like there's not much to it. And I had chipped well all week. I've actually chipped really well kind of this whole year. Um, when you don't hit very many greens, you actually practice your chipping a lot. So uh, I've done that a lot the last two months. Um, and even 16, I hit a great chip there. It was a little bit tougher, had to fly it a little more, a little more floppy. Um, this one was just kind of straightforward. And I thought, man, if you can somehow make this, maybe you get a two-shot lead in the last, and that's a lot better than one. But um, techniques helped a little bit over it, but it was just – and I was I was really not physically nervous all day. I mean, I had a little butterflies in the stomach, but nothing – I was totally in control. I felt calm all day. And the first time physically hand started shake and I got like, Oh no, was the tap in on that chip. So I kind of just walked up to tap it and get out of the way. And it was, it was only a foot. Like it was unmissable. 
and my putter head was shaking. And I was like, oh boy, that was the first time all day. So, um, and then after that, it didn't get any easier. But um, the chip, I wasn't that nervous on, but the putt, I was, and it was a full on <laughs> tap in. Is, is that so weird for the both of you, Max as well? H- how weird is that feeling of the simplicity of golf? under the gun when all of a sudden all of the things that you do without even thinking become monumental. Like how, how weird is that feeling both mentally and physically when again, you've got a tap in or a two footer that you would either be given most of the time you're playing, especially if you're playing with us, we're nice people, but you know, when that, those things, all of a sudden they, they, they become, you're thinking about stuff you've never thought about. They say it gets easier the more time you're in that position. And I've, I've been around a couple of times, but I've never, um, I was, I had a chance at Riv two years ago. I was had a putt on 17, about a 12-footer to tie the lead on 17. Um, and that, that was kind of the same thing. Like, But at 12 feet, like, you're not really supposed to make it. You're a little more freed up. Where it gets, like, close to the hole, and you're, like, supposed to make these things. And like you said, most of the time they're given. It's kind of like when you're playing against that, like, 7 or 8 handicap who, like, oh, it breaks 80 a lot. But if you don't give him any putts, all of a sudden he misses two or three short ones because he's not used to putting them. It was kind of one of those deals, like, or you'll, you know, have the guy at the member guest who's also, you know, he's in front of 50 or hundred people and it's just complete freak out mode. Um, it's kind of like that, I guess would be, um, I hope it gets easier. The more times I, I do this, I don't know. Was it easier for, I guess you had such a big lead at Wells. It didn't really matter that much, but. I feel like um, I go through the weird ones when, when it's like, when it's, when you're leading or when just any time you're in contention, you're really nervous. Uh, we're like, I'll, I'll be standing to the side waiting for my turn to putt. And I'll be like, Oh my God, did I mark my ball or did I just pick it up? <laughs> like your brain starts going in the weirdest place. Like, yeah, no, you marked it. Like you do this literally so much in your sleep that you start to forget that you like that you will do it just fine. Routine stuff. Uh, all, all kind of starts to feel to your question, Shane, it starts to, to feel kind of it's almost like you're overthinking things that you really actually don't need to think about like you don't think need to think about all these things but you get so kind of anal uh which is weird because it's coming at a time where you're you're playing your best golf you know like joel like yeah you're playing you should your be actual control. best golf yeah um shane or joel i uh question um because it's an interview uh you're somebody, as we talked about earlier, that uh, you go through, as anybody does, confidence uh, in waves. I think that's not abnormal for anybody, pretty much anywhere in life, but especially in golf. There's going to be days where you feel like the best in the world and days where you feel like the worst. Um, but for like your long-term confidence, how do you think this win kind of where, – where do you think that takes you? Where do you you're still going to have blips in the radar where it's not going to be great, but where do you think that will be able to kind of settle you in, in, in the future? Yeah, I think the first thing is just like having the two-year exemption. Um, yeah. I've never had that before. It's it's awesome. Like it was as well as I've played the last couple of years. I mean, I finished thirty-eighth last year on the FedEx Cup list, and I showed up two weeks later. It's like, all right, do it again, buddy. You're back at zero, and it was like, yeah, it's can, bullshit. Like, can I get like a half a year or something? Can I get like a? I I feel like I should get two more months. Than just like Give me my two favorite months. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Oh wait, wait, so, wait! I have a bad idea. I have a good bad idea. I'm so sorry to cut you off, uh, Shane. For our podcast, we do good idea, bad idea, whatever. Mm-hmm. Good idea is if you do win an event, but you or, or sorry, if you do keep your card, but you don't have uh, like the two year exemption, you should get to pick 
four to six tournaments that you get to double boost your points for the next oh, season. Oh, wow. Like like two that. XP it's like thing. NBA Jam, you know? Like <laughs> yeah, you get the yeah. spot. That's a great idea. I'm in on that. I'm in on that. Sorry, jo- sorry, Joel. That's a good one. We'll, we'll, we'll let you keep talking. But that's, that's a good, that but yeah. go, back to, go back to your life and life-changing moments, yeah. Joel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's just that exemption. But with that, it's like, I've, like, it's... I, I, this is my 111th time before I won. And I was like, man, you kind of get to a point where the monkey's kind of on your back a little bit. And you're like, is this ever going to happen? I know it's going to happen. I believe it's going to happen. But is it going to happen? Because there's a lot of great players who've played a long time. Like, you think about Charles Howell. Like, I think he's only won like three or four times. Like, this is unbelievable. Or you get... You know, there's a lot of great players that only won a couple times. So. I mean, Ricky Barnes, you know, I mean, his career yeah. has been unbelievable. Won an amateur and, you know, it's 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 a long stretch. And all of a sudden you you have a hard time because now you're the guy without without the win. Right. So to right, pick one exactly. up, it's huge. Yeah. Did you uh, did you win much uh, in like before the PJ Tour? Uh, not really. I mean, I won uh, twice in Canada in summer of 14. And I that was my last. I won a miniature event like four or five years ago. Um, and I'd won, I'd, I'd won a couple gateways and some mini tours, got still open stuff, but nothing, you know, I, I never won on the Corn Ferry Tour. Um, so that was kind of some years without really, I was in the mix a couple times, but it's a whole different thing to actually close the darn thing out and get a trophy. So um, it's, and there's nothing that can, you can, I mean, you can get close all you want, but it's a whole different ball game when you are legit, you're standing on the 18th seat with a one stroke lead. Well, I, I always try to explain and, and, and kind of like, show people or try to try to explain to people how in golf um like and and you could tell me if this kind of hit you at any point on sunday but you kind of forget how to win like i'm not saying i've I've won prolifically but out of college i had i had won a couple pretty quickly and then or pretty recently to when i turned pro and then when i got to um when i won my first uh web event i felt like it was kind of like it was very fresh in my mind of like, you know, the things I'm going to go through and kind of my process to, to go through that. And then it, then it was a while again before it happened. And I just feel like it kind of, it's so foreign that it's not just the nerves. It's like, it just doesn't happen in golf unless you're, you know, maybe one of in our whole era, like 10 people who have done it like somewhat consistently, I feel like you forget. So you're, you're now standing on the, the back nine on Sunday or even, even Saturday night going into Sunday. And, and it's more of a, a, it's, it's there's no muscle memory to it anymore. It just hasn't happened in so long. And it doesn't matter what tournament it is. It's just, it's hard to win anything in golf. So did you, did you have to kind of like click yourself back into uh, maybe some old memories or did you feel like you were kind of already there to like win? Like you already had it in your head, how, how you were going to feel, how are you going to go about it and all those things? Yeah, it had been a while, but uh, a couple of people, you texted me Saturday night and you're just like, go walk around the mire. Like you're the best player there act like you're the best player and, you know, like own it type of a thing. And that was huge. Um, that, and then Will Strickler, a buddy of mine from Canada, when I won, he caddied for me uh, on the weekend when I won the second one, he's like, he's like, I walked around in Canada. Like I was like, I own the place. And I ended up playing like that. And, you know, I finished, oh, I didn't make a bogey in my last 63 holes for my second win up there. And it was just like, no one had a chance on the weekend. It was just over. Um, so I knew that I could, do it and it's not so much of strategy stuff it's just literally just believing in yourself that you kind of have to fake it that you're just this is my day this is going to happen but the i mean with back to your point max was i think the young college kids are winning all the time now when they come out more kawa hovland wolf because that's what that's 
they just won in college. So like, what's the difference when they come on the web through the PJ tour, they just win. You just, it's easy. Um, and it, like you said, it doesn't change too much, but on the other side of that, like those top guys, Tiger started it and he's a joke, obviously. And even Phil, it's like, when you win that, they like normalize winning often, like a couple times a year, like Tiger did it like four or five times a year. Like that's just not possible. And so it's normalized like that. It's, Oh, JT just won the players. Like, good job. Like you just won again. Like that's, but it's, well, he even talked about how hard it was for him at the players. There was fans that are back for the first time. And it was a, you know, you could argue it's a major. So it's still really hard for everybody. And that was one thing for me. It was like, Justin's still freaking out on 16, 17, 18 players. Rory's freaking out trying to win. I, DJ, I assure you, is nervous inside. Uh, so everyone's feeling the same thing. So it's just a matter of, I mean, there's nothing you can control. You're not going to be able to control that stuff. You just kind of know that everyone else is feeling the same way you're feeling and just get it done. Joel, I, I saw a quote uh, you said, if, if anybody knows the journey you've gone through in life, um, obviously it makes a lot of sense. You said, I've seen life and death. Golf is not it as much as we can portray it that way. I, I think one of the reasons you two guys are so popular on social media and with golf fans is that, um, you know, you understand that golf is kind of what you do for a living, but it's not what defines you. When you're going through what you went through this year where, you know, you're not making cuts and you're missing, you know, cut after cut and you're kind of wondering what happened last year. It was so so much easier for me. Um, how much harder is it to kind of keep that mentality where it doesn't feel like it's bigger than it is? Yeah, it is. It is difficult. And it's. I kind of have to remind myself sometimes. I mean, I do have the in cancer bucket out with MD Anderson is like and sometimes I just have to look at it and be like, dude, there's way bigger fish to fry than this stupid nine holes you're going to play to try to make the cut or this golf tournament. And it, but at the same time, you don't want to bump it down the ladder so far that you don't have like the competitive edge or you do get kind of fired up or you do like, I'm competitive. I'm going to get pissed off. Like it doesn't mean, it just means at the end of the day, like I can lay my head down on a pillow at night and be okay with who I am. I'm, I think I'm a good human being. Uh, I'm surrounded by good people. And um, it doesn't really matter in the end of things, but it matters all like you can't dumb it down so much that it doesn't matter. And you can't like numb yourself to the whole thing. Um, but it does help. I think that um, I can, I can be happy uh, without playing great golf. Um, they don't have to go hand in hand. You can be still happy. You can still walk around your smile. You can still be nice to people while shooting 75. Um, you hope it doesn't last forever. But um, there's some people out here on tour who will shoot 65 and just be a jerk and be mopey and bitch about something. And I'm glad I don't go through life that way. That's for sure. When you were on the, in the mini tours and grinding, um, did you like, did you picture this day and did, does it, does it live up to it? And then how quickly have your goals kind of changed from then to even a year ago to now sitting here now as a, as a winner on the PJ tour? Yeah, I think everyone already dreamed of winning, right? You have that 15 footer and you kind of walk with it. You do a tiger fist pump and you do it on the putting green all the time with buddies. But I don't know if I, I mean, to make it five years, I mean, last year was also my, or last week was my fifth year, my 15th event of my fifth year. So I got my pension locked up as well. That's last nice. Week. So it was like double. Let's it was go. Unbelievable. Let's yeah. Go. <laughs> so it was just kind of like a double, I don't know. But yeah, like, sure do you dream big but i don't know if i ever really believed i was gonna make it like there's some i wasn't the all-american i believe i would have been an all-american had i made it through but i wasn't like this can't miss kid i was always just kind of around and i was pretty good but i wasn't you know no one ever was like oh looked at me on the range and like 
that guy right there, you know, he walks around. It's like, I've, um, yeah, I'm pretty good at golf, but no one's ever pegged me to be like this, you know, superstar winner per se. So, um, I don't know if my dreams ever got this big. I mean, obviously I've dreamed of winning majors and stuff like that, which would be great too. But, um, yeah, I guess I don't know if I ever really kind of made it this far in my dreams, to be honest. And it was one of those things, honestly, after I, it was a couple of years ago, I kind of had a flat spot as well. Uh, it was actually after I finished second to you, Max, like I had locked up my card. I was, had plenty of money. I was cruising around. I was doing just fine, but I didn't have any other goals. I was like, okay, now what? Like my goal every year was just to keep my tour card and I kept doing it earlier and earlier. So now like, what do I do? Obviously you want to win, but you have to do all these other things to win. It's not like you just wake up one day and win. So it was one of those things of like resetting goals, um, making, you know, and telling my team around them what the goals are. Um, and being a part of that and kind of holding myself accountable to those things a little bit more day by day, more of a processing than just an end result. So I think if I just keep kind of doing what I'm doing, I'm on the right path, obviously. Um, I'm working harder and smarter than I, I have. Um, and there are some goals out there for sure that I have. But uh, Tour Championship is always one at the end of the year. I think it's a big deal. I want to get top 50 in the world. Um, you know, those two things kind of go hand in hand a little bit. But at the same time, I just want to continue getting a little bit better. Every single year since I turned pro, I've gotten better results-wise, and every part of my game has gotten a little bit better. So it's kind of cliche just to get better all the time, but that's kind of what I'm doing. And, um, you know, um, I guess my biggest goal that uh, out there is I want to be a Ryder Cupper in 20-whatever it is. I don't know how to do math. 2023, 2024. <laughs> so uh, it's I just – you yeah, just got so to add two to it. Just two to it. 2021 plus two. It just add how many houses you own. That's a great well, that could change. That's that could, that could easily change. Uh, do you, you know who I kept getting messages about who you looked like when you went from bucket to cap? I kept getting Fred couples messages. People kept saying you kind of looked like couples. That's a compliment right there. Joel Damon. I'm immediately yeah. aroused. <laughs> yeah. Well, he is, he has a little more swagger. He's definitely better looking, but. Uh, it's weird. So Freddie's from Seattle area. Uh, you know, I've, I've kind of had comparisons. He was my favorite golfer growing up. I kind of have a layback kind of attitude. Same thing. I actually got to play with him, uh, two years ago in Napa for the first time I ever met him. And it was awesome. And he sent me a cool text last night said, Hey, good job. You know, we're rooting for you. Um, but when I won state of high school in my freshman year, like the main article was how I looked like a young Freddie couples. And I kind of acted like one. And so, um, Kind of a big deal. I, don't know. I would have walked uh, around with that in my pocket for a while. <laughs> you would have made like a shirt out of the article. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, Freddie's Freddie's my guy. I've always looked up to him. He's awesome, and um, I have kind of got that. I mean, maybe it's just a Northwest thing, but uh, I've had it a couple times more. It has not happened recently. Um, I think that I've maybe a little more frumpy and uh, swagger's <laughs> not quite there, but. <laughs> Anything, anything with Freddie's cool with me. Yeah, he kind of makes it hard on the rest of us. <laughs> yeah, uh, Max, uh, I always ask, I always love asking this question. I, I think I asked you this question when we did a podcast after you won Wells Fargo. Uh, but Joel, what has been the coolest thing that's happened since the win that you had no idea would happen and nobody told you would happen? Besides doing this, besides doing this podcast. Yeah, clearly this. Um, I don't. I. I think. It's the overall, I guess, I always know that Gino and I were well-liked on tour. I mean, you know, people are nice to us. We're nice to everybody. We kind of get along with everybody. 
but the outpouring of the totality of everything, I think has just been really cool. And I think it's even surprised kind of Lana a little bit too. It's like, I mean, to have like Justin Thomas tweet me or, you know, like foul, like some of these top guys are being like, Oh man, this is awesome. Way to go. This is really cool. Um, you know, Freddie texted me, had some, some, uh, you know, uh, other baseball players or other athletes are like, Hey, this is awesome. You know, or the, the reaction, the natural reaction that me, Gino and Lana had on 18, a lot of people were reacting to that, I think, and just the raw emotion. And, um, you know, maybe I've downplayed how much I wanted to win at times. There's a quote out there that said, I didn't care if I won, if I made a million and a half every year. Well, I mean, maybe that wasn't quite as true as I wanted it to be back then. So just, I think just the outpouring of, of everybody and, um, the totality of it all um, and how much um, I mean, it's, it, it's good to be liked. I mean, it doesn't, it feels good to, to feel like you're, you're liked and especially by your peers. And um, it's kind of fun. I mean, I walked around register today. You see a bunch of people in the hotel this week and it doesn't get old when people tell you good job. That's for sure. Did Rory call you yet to ask if he wants to play the Zurich with you or if you want to play the, the no. Zurich with him? Uh, that's what I'm holding out on. I know that, He's struggling a little bit right now. Hey, Rory, I've been there, bud. It'll turn around. I know you haven't won in a while. Uh, maybe if you want to sit down for a, a, over a beer, I can kind of talk you through it a little bit if you want. Um, but uh, I don't think Rory's going. I'm going to stick with my boy Ryan Brim, the long ball whacker guy. We uh, we stayed together last week in the same house. So we had a good good vibe there, and um, we're gonna I'm gonna we're gonna go after uh, I'm gonna dink and dunk it, and he's gonna go bombing at Zurich, and maybe we can catch lightning in a bottle again. If I worked for like Rory's, I'm sure expansive team of people around him that do probably a lot of stuff. And somehow he hired me to do like his social media. I immediately after you won would have taken that picture of uh, Gino's letter. He wrote him asking him to work for him and just responded like in a quote and be like, yeah, yeah. Uh, you could do it right now. You just gotta, you just gotta quit Joel right after he won. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, I think Gino, I think Gino finally was at a spot. We'd be like, you know what? No, <laughs> we're good. We're good. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty funny. Cause Gino, a quick rotary story. When Gino went to hit the caddy shot on the 17th hole, uh, I played the front nine that day and we just walked out for him to hit the shot. And lo and behold, Rory's on the tee. And like Rory keeps kind of popping up in our life and kind of funny moments kind of like that. And so I go, Rory, I got I to gotta tell you, if Gino makes this, you've got to let him caddy for you. Like that's got to be the deal. <laughs> and Harry's right there, his caddy. And I'm like, Harry, no offense, you're going to be stuck with me this week. But I'm just trying to get Gino a little more money. He's trying to, <laughs> and it was kind of funny because he was laughing. He's like, and Tony Fien out there, he's like, yeah, Rory, you have to do that. You absolutely have to do that. And, Rory, and, and Rory's like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> in case the ball actually went in. So um, Gino flagged it a little long, but uh, yeah, we're still grand on Rory. We're, we're going to get to him here uh, one of these days. But uh, for now, I think Gino's stuck with me. Well, Joel, I, I have nothing else. Max, if you're good, uh, we'll let you get the dinner. We appreciate you taking the time. Uh, good luck this week. I, I don't know what it's going to look like. I, I don't think there's... Uh, much, much expectations from anyone. Maybe go out there and just go back to back. I mean, might as well. Yeah, I mean, and playing well. Uh, the, the prep is going to be a little bit shorter than normal, but uh, when you're playing well, you're playing well. Uh, I kind of feel like I'm free rolling a little bit. So uh, I get a better tee time. So I, I get to play with some cool cats now. I got Tony Fino and Cameron Champ, so they'll be hitting their two iron pass by driver. <laughs> but uh, wow, uh, is that really your group right after the victory? Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah, a little feature so, uh, group for the kid. Jeez. Yeah. So I got 
the other thing with this whole feature group is I'm gonna have to watch my mouth a little bit more out there. Uh, the fines start racking up if you get on TV. You got too more much. money now, though. You can just well, pay it off. Yeah, it, it's a- true. Actually, I, <laughs> now as someone that's done plenty of uh, PJ Tour Live over the years, it just gives us something more to say because once you cuss, then we can say we we really apologize for that language. That's, we don't we don't believe in it. We don't say it ourselves. It's ridiculous. We don't um, condone that. Yeah, yeah. that's just uh, that's not a, that's not what a PJ Tour player should be doing. Uh, Joel, congrats again. Awesome, awesome to see. We were all rooting for you. Max has got one more thing. He always likes to ask this, so he asked it to me. I'm going to ask it to you because it feels good to answer it. Joel, who'd you beat uh, at the PJ Tour event in the Dominican Republic? I beat everybody. <laughs> I was. A, I'm proud of you, buddy. 131 and 0 last week. That's my record. Hell yeah. Well, I'm, I'm really proud of you. I know Shane's proud of you. It's been a truly, truly cool week to watch one of the best guys, not just in golf, but on the planet, uh, get it done with another guy right by his side who we all love dearly. So we're, we're really, really happy for you. Please go get a dub uh, next week or this week so you can have a tea time uh, at Augusta. There's your, there's your next big, uh, big piece of the pie we got to get done. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you guys. It's fun. Uh, good to know you guys. Uh, the last little bit, especially you, Shane, but Max, um, thanks for the inspiration the last uh, month or two. A couple nice texts, and uh, I'm going to Vegas next week while you're in. Uh, while you're at the mat, I got to go to Vegas again because that's what you're supposed to do. So you have to. I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's easy to say this and people say stuff like great guy and everything like that. But I mean, he's Joel's one of the more popular guys on tour. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, I guess it is. As you say, that it is kind of a popular cliche thing to say is, oh, it's one for the good guys or, you know, a good guy one. There's a lot of good guys, but there's not a lot of Joel's and there's not a lot of Geno's. Um, I, I think if I met somebody who said who has spent time with them and said, oh, I don't like them. I would immediately say, cool, I don't like you. Auto delete. <laughs> so it's just, I, I think we get the journeyman thing a lot where people get fired up, especially on Twitter, and they get excited. And, and Joel, I think would kind of fit into that category. I think it's a bit of, of a disservice to to his career. He's, if you're on the PJ Tour for five straight years, I mean, you might have had a journeyman part of your career, but that's not who who you are as a golfer. It's, it's, it's even more rare to, you know, be someone like a, Tiger, JT, Colin, Wolf, they, who just pop right out and, and are, are great. That's that's rare. So it's easy to say, oh, we're rooting for the journeyman. I, I think that he got maybe some support, as he as he pointed out, because of that. But I think most of it is just because we all really like him. Um, we're rooting for a guy uh, that, that we like, that we enjoy being around, and not just because we want to see uh, somebody who's quote unquote been a journeyman win. We wanted to see Joel Damon and Gino Benali win. So that's that. I think that's why he. Uh, he, he has such a great reputation just because uh, and why he had so much outpouring success is because um, we all know he's good. Uh, everybody who's played with him knows he's really good. Uh, you just like to see people you really like uh, good people succeed. Not the thing that was a rad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, easy to root for. It's easy to root for good people. It's easy to root for people that are like truly nice human beings. You know, I mean, it's yes. been, like I said, been nice to, to get to know him a little bit last year, just from playing a little bit of golf. I have a selfish question for you, Max. Um, so a part of the podcast here. So uh, you won this year. Now, Joel, not only a partial co-host at times, but now our only guest ever on the show. 
has won. Uh, producer Tim's getting married in like 65 days. <laughs> um, is this my hole in one year? I mean, I need something like just one little thing. I mean, golf today came early this year, which is fair to say that's the thing. But like uh, in terms of on the golf course, I mean, is is this the year for the ace? I mean, you Not know, I think golf, you put you a know? lot of heat in, heat on this, but I think you, if you don't, there might need to be, we might need to discuss some replacement. You, you maybe. Might, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I might, I just don't know. This just seems like a winner's podcast. Okay. Now. So either that, or if, if you won the U S open, that's okay too. Okay. I mean, that's, that's, that's fair. Final group, you and me, uh, U S open. Uh, I wanted to get into your week a little bit at the match play. Um, you were in the same, whatever the term that we're calling it group pod, whatever, uh, with Billy Horschel, who eventually won, you played him that opening day. I, you played with him at concession, right? Is that where you played with him for a couple of days? Was it concession? Uh, Bay Hill, Bay Hill. API. Okay. API. Um, you've been around presented Billy, by MasterCard. Presented by MasterCard. Make sure you use your MasterCard when you're swiping for anything. And you can even just put it up you against the thing tap. as well. It's unbelievable. Um, <laughs> yeah, Max did, Max did a whole thing on his Instagram <laughs> about it. When you, when you see, I, I think I've asked this question about other people before. Do you see guys that are trending in that direction? Like, is it easy to see or is everybody always just playing well? Yeah, it's so hard. Sometimes you see it, I guess, like I've had people come up, you know, if you get on a good run or, or I'll say it to them and be like, you know, oh man, you know, we played together a couple weeks ago. I could tell you were close and then you, you got it. But like, not, not, not to be rude to Billy, obviously just beat me pretty bad twice. Um, like he played not good at all at Bay Hill, but I guess the thing is, is that anybody on tour can kind of click into gear so fast, especially someone like him who's like, he was top 30 or something in the world maybe, and uh, has won a FedEx Cup. Like, you know, those people can just kind of wake up one day and, and have it. Um, but yeah, I, I would honestly say I did not see that from Billy, like right off the bat, but that we, yet, you know, th- that week he had played well, he played well against me. Um, and, and in the, in the, uh, obviously in the playoff, he, 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 he played solid. So it's just, um, it's tough golf, such a weird game. I mean, Joel, I guess is a perfect example as well. He hadn't been playing well at, at all. And then all of a sudden it just shows how, how good kind of everybody is, especially those two that you just sometimes just kind of find it. And, it, and, and some people's, it isn't as great as I guess those their it's are or were at that point, but like, that kind of is a testament to, to their games, how, how, how solid they are that they can just kind of maybe find a little something. And, and all of a sudden that means you're winning, not just like, you know, have making the cutter top, make, getting a top 20, you're, you're winning the whole golf tournament. So um, it's, it's always interesting seeing how people go through the season, especially if you play with them here and there and getting to see like, you know, oh, he either played really well last week, but didn't score. So yeah, I have a feeling he's going to play well. Or man, that guy's not playing well at all. Oh my gosh, he just won! Like it's a fun, it's kind of a, a interesting ebbs and flows of the PJ Tour. How was it? How was your first match play? It's such a different format. I know you tweeted out something about how it's you had to. What was it like you had to rely on your calculus from high school? <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a mathematic first three days. Yeah, it's interesting. I really enjoyed it. The golf course is perfect for match play. Um, I love the format. It was fun. Uh, just match play in general, I think, is just really fun. It was such a nice change of pace. I think they need to have one of those every year uh, just to, it's kind of the purest form of golf in a weird way, like how, how it kind of began a bit more. Um, it was a little frustrating for, for me only because, um, or my golf was because I, I didn't really get a full week of prep the week before I took so many days off in the beginning to kind of get back into it. And I really tried to spend more time on rest than I did on my golf game. So even when I would go practice and play, it was mostly playing and my game was good at home. 
And when I got to the tournament, uh, you know, it just didn't feel great. It was obviously the ball was still going kind of where I was looking, but nothing felt great. I didn't feel like I had, I had the same control I've had. Uh, I kind of got away with uh, some shots and some things and, and, and then I'd have moments of brilliance. Uh, but it was frustrating with looking back on it because I should have beat uh, or I could have beat Billy uh, the first day. And then when you look, you know, obviously it's easy to say now I, I didn't, but um, it's easy to say now that I would have just made a run like he did, but uh, my game just wasn't, it just didn't feel good. Those first six holes or whatever, I was four over. And then, you know, I, I made a, a, a couple of really good swings on seven and eight. And I felt like I kind of, I kind of was back into pretty solid golf mode, but uh, it was, it was a frustrating week in that, that I, I it took me till Friday to where my game felt great. Um, where it felt like locked in because I was hitting some good shots uh, throughout the days, but I wasn't stringing them together. Uh, and, you know, obviously you get to that playoff and anything can happen in a playoff. I played three solid holes. He just played, he played better and hit a closer shot. But I, I, the whole time driving back, I was like, I shouldn't have, in my head, I shouldn't have been in a playoff. I, I, I lose, you know, one down to Billy, uh, you know, and he was nails on those last couple holes. Uh, and, and I had my chances. So it was, a, it was a weird week in that because uh, I was proud of being able to put it together when it didn't feel great and, and show that my game is still in a spot where I don't need to feel perfect like I think I had to in the past. But, um, yeah, it leaves kind of a weird sour taste in your mouth. But that's kind of the cool part about the match play. It was fun feeling nervous like that the whole time uh, because, you know, it's just every hole, every match just kind of feels like a final round in contention. And it's rare to be a final round of contention where your game feels not awesome. You're not really like, right. rem- like there's no memory, recent memories of like great plays. So, you know, sometimes you'll wake up on a Sunday morning and be nervous, be like, oh man, is it going to feel that good? And you get on, maybe it doesn't, but it's also like, yeah, but dude, you're, you are playing great and you can go to that. I didn't, the match play stuff's tough. Cause you show up Wednesday and it's like, you have all those nerves, but you don't necessarily have the, uh, like the, uh, the feelings you from playing three days in a row really well. So it was, it was fun, man. I, I look forward to playing that as, as much as I, as I possibly can. It was cool. It was, and it, it is in an odd way fun to see someone uh, that you play, you know, for, for example, for, for Billy to win, because um, you're, you're kind of, you're the only match I lost was to the guy who won the whole tournament, which, which feels right. Good and bad, but I'm taking the good out of it because um, that's just the better thing to do. <laughs> That's what we talked about. I was telling you that earlier. Yeah. Just take the positive, baby. He's the only, only guy that beats is the guy that won. Um, as a uh, friend and a podcast co-host that spent, uh, let's say, five minutes uh, earlier in the week telling you not to hit driver on 18 when I flipped on <laughs> Wednesday and you'd laid up in the bunker on 18, I'm like, oh, no. For God, I mean, obviously, I know nothing I say matters in any capacity, but I saw where your ball was and I was like, you got to be shitting me. I hate the fact that, cause I, I, I was pining so hard for the layup. It's the sneaky, weird T shot. I think that's why you see so many drivers. Cause it's an odd it's a layup. goofy hole. I yeah. Think. There's kind of a sneaky tree on the left off the tee. That's not in play, but it's in your eye line. And again, it goes to like not playing the golf course ever really. I mean, we, that was my second time ever playing that hole. And uh, in the practice round, I had hit, uh, I hit a driver, a seven wood and a four iron. And the seven wood got even with that bunker, uh, that last bunker. And the four iron was kind of laying pretty far back, but it was short of that, that last right bunker that ended up being in. So when I hit that four iron, it was kind of a fun feeling in the sense that I hit it really, really solid. And it was a good shot. It didn't quite draw, but in my head, I was going to play it a little more right and, and, and 
I guess, except more right than left and it ball takes off and it looks fine. It was definitely like possible to go in the bunker if it bounced the shade, right? Which it should. And, but I was like, Oh man, I don't think a four iron will get to that bunker just because I hadn't <laughs> played it much. Obviously the wind was a shade different and it's not like it was a crazy thought that it did. So I don't feel unlucky. It just was not, not having um, been there before. You don't always know exactly what club. Cause we were committed to hitting a four iron and then like a nine iron end up having like a gap wedge in out of that bunker. So that was a shame, but at the same time, Billy hit it to 18 feet. I wish I would have put some pressure on him uh, with, with two, two better shots, but um, yeah, it, it's just a, it's an odd hole. I guess after playing in the tournament, I can see why people do hit driver just because I just don't think there's, there's a, there's a lot of ambiguity with the drive, but there is kind of with the layup. Like you're not, I see what you're saying. It's easy to say if I just lay up in the middle of the fairway, but it's, it's an oddly awkward layup for a pretty quote unquote, easy looking tee shot. It's not, there's something about the way it kicks. It points you right now. Again, when you've only been to the course once it's, it's hard to have (laughs) any kind of good memory on it. So like it would have been easier to hit driver and just mash it up there. But at the same time we saw a bunch of bad ones at this, at this as well. So, um, but it was good. It was a good match. I, I missed a putt. I, I, cl- I, I really grinded back. I played really, really well um, for like a six hole stretch. Billy made, Billy just made two, three putts on me that hurt. He, he made a, about a 50 footer on two. Um, and then on 11, I had turned the match and on 11, I stuffed an eight iron to like two, three feet. And he made like a 30 footer down the hill. And that was kind of, wasn't a backbreaker by any means because I went up and won the next hole. So it wasn't affecting me, but it was just looking back on the whole of the match. Um, he did those things. And then I missed like a six to eight footer on 16 to take a lead. And I just felt like it gave him a little momentum in life because uh, I should have birdied that hole. Uh, didn't hit a great bunker shot and obviously missed the putt. And then he buries like 25 footer on me on 17. So uh, he did what he needed to do to win that match. I don't think either of us played our best by any means. Um, so that's why it was kind of a tough, a tough one to lose of all of them. But uh, like I said, I'm, I'm looking forward to taking what I learned about the golf course, because I do think it's important, especially there because of uh, just how kind of weird the holes are um, where some, some holes run out and some, some different wins you're going to get. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's such a match play is just so fun. You know what I think is cool about it. And even with the, format that they do which i mean i think that like pure golf fans would love the idea of elimination after every match right i i i actually think i'm coming around on the way it is because i think it makes friday saturday so much better you know because there's a lot more at stake on those two days when i think a lot more people are watching golf but uh i i just love that you you know this is an interesting thought i'd like to hear what you think on this when you play a golf tournament week to week let's just take a couple you've just played recently let's take bay hill and let's take concession right after your win. So you win at Riv, and to your point, you beat everybody, right? I beat everybody that week. But when you play API and you play concession, I don't really feel like you leave the week feeling like you lost. Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah. Match play definitely has more of the I, I lost. Because if, if yeah, you told me I got you 18, lost. yeah, it's different than feeling like you yeah. lost. Yeah, there's like a losing feeling there, which is just so different in golf. Like, not everybody that doesn't win that week feels like they lost. I mean, we do this on golf today all the time. I mean, it was honestly, it was an idea of yours on this podcast was to focus that Saturday show on players that make the cut, you know, players that battle to make the cut. And it's something, one of our favorite segments we do on the show. Um, I had a dumb idea that's about the match play. Is it okay if I (laughs) I present it to you? Yeah, I'd love Um, to hear. So the triangle Dale Technologies thing that floats in the water at 13, 
if you hit it on the fly, it's auto auto hole one. If you go at it and you and you fly, so if you hit the triangle, it's an auto. Now they could make it into a trampoline or a basket or something, but auto win the hole if you do it. And if you hit it in the water, it's 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 a penalty. Yeah, stroke distance. If I told you my dumb idea similar to this on six at uh, Bay Hill. The drive no. one, not the drive one, the one that Bryson tried to drive. <laughs> Wait a minute. How much have you been in the gym lately? No, no, no. Not, not for me. I love it. I'm just happy if I get there in three. Um, <laughs> I want a strip of like 10 by 10 land straight at the green from the tee. You hit any club, obviously, but you make it yellow hazard. So if you miss it, you got to go back. Um, but if you hit the fairway, you can like, I don't know, even if you had a seven iron, you could like hit a wedge on the green for your second. So these are similarly weirdly bad ideas. You're back home, um, obviously getting ready for Augusta. Have you, I know I, I know, I chatted with you a little bit ago about you've just kind of been getting a chance to take a couple days off. You're getting back at it tomorrow. Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, getting into it tomorrow. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I, I uh, playing a lot better than I was last year going into uh, the Masters. Um, I feel like I'm rested again, like where I got that. I got, because uh, it's, it's both mental rest and physical. Like you can take, take some time off, but you just, you know, at like anything you do in life, like you overdo it and just, you're not as excited to go to the golf course every day. And I have that excitement back. Um, so I'm really, I'm really pumped to go and just do what I like to do and just put my head down and grind. I'm not really going to play a whole lot. Like I did the last time I had had the week off. I'm, I'm really going to focus on the stuff I'm going to, uh, I need to get better at, or just to, to, to tighten up. So, uh, that's, that's going to be a cool and I leave Sunday, so I'm going to have one Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, four days to uh, just kind of put my nose down and, and, and grind. And, and I like that, especially especially when you have something like, you know, the Masters coming up. It, it's such a motivating thing to wake up to. It, it's it's fun to set your alarm and know that what are you working for tomorrow? I'm working to go win the Masters, which is literally next week. It's not one of those where you have to kind of put it in the back of your mind. So it'll be good. Um, I know I know this, this isn't... Uh, you're not that far removed from Arizona, but it's starting to get a little hot. I here. heard it's like 90 <laughs> so, this week. Uh, yeah, it's like 90 this week. So that'll be fun because, uh, you know, you you, you want to put I, – I don't want to do the blood and tears part, but I'd like to put the sweat in, and Arizona is going to help me do that a little bit. And it'll, it'll feel good. It'll, it'll, it makes it a lot easier. When you – I know you haven't played a ton at Augusta. Uh, obviously got a chance to play the Masters last year, and it's a different year and all that stuff uh, in November and everything. I mean, do you feel like that's a golf course that is good for your game? I mean, did you, did you walk away with that feeling? Yeah, it is. It's great for my game. Honestly, it, uh, so many people talk about how the tee shots all go left and I like to, uh, cut my driver. And so I was pretty, uh, curious and, and a little kind of anxious about that the first time I went. And then when I left there, it, it does, in my opinion, it doesn't, I mean, yeah, sure. If you drew it, it might be a little better, but, uh, it doesn't. I don't think it takes much away from a cutter of the golf ball. Um, and it's a second shot golf course, which is my game. Uh, you know, if you look at the places I've played well at uh, and at where I'm comfortable, it mostly tailors to good iron play. And uh, since the greens at Augusta are so demanding and so sectioned, so much of your success and birdie opportunities come down to, can you hit the iron shots? Uh, can you leave them in the right spots? And can you t- take on a couple of the, 
you know, the pins and the bowls that might be in the corners. And that's what I, that's what I personally do in my golf game. The best that that's the best part of my game. So uh, I like to work the ball both ways with the iron. So uh, like I said, getting to see that I can play my normal tee shots around the joint and not, and not feel like I'm losing much by doing that to the field uh, gives me a lot more kind of, kind of comfort and confidence going into this year's uh, just because, you know, you don't know what you're going to get the first time you go to the golf course, let alone play the actual master. So uh, one thing I'm going to have to uh, deal with though, that I didn't have to is fans, which is going to be really cool. Patrons. Like I, patrons. Sorry. Like we're back. We're back. Masters. I'm just, ma- I'm just making, I'm just making sure you're locked in. I hadn't had the patrons and, and you know, as we had talked about after on our pod uh, in November was, you know, I really wasn't very nervous on Thursday and I know I'm going to be a lot more with, with everyone there. So uh, that'll be one part that I, I can't really, um, I can't really prepare for. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, we've been playing some events with, with them out. So uh, definitely more comfortable uh, than I would have been. had this been the first one that we do that with, but uh, it'll be, it'll be cool. Um, yeah. I, I think, everything's setting up for me in a, in a, in a good way. Uh, and like I said, much more so than last time I was there. And, um, I held my own last time a, a little bit minus, you know, three, as Fred couple said, three Augusta mistakes got me. So I'm looking forward to kind of taking those out and, and, and using what, using what I've learned, uh, you know, for the week and, and, and knowing that I th- think we have a pretty good game plan for how we're going to, attack the golf course. And, and I just need to do a better job of uh, knowing where those areas where you need to be real careful are. And I think that's where they experience, even though the golf course is way different in November. Uh, I, I got to see what they mean when it says you can't be here or you have to play this hole like this and, and not getting up there and be, you know, Oh, I see, I see the shot. I'm going to hit it. It's like, yeah, like you can, but th- that's where Augusta national gets you is right. When you think that it, it, it typically, it typically sneaks up and bites you. So uh, knowing all that is, 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 is really good. And, and that's probably what I'm the most excited for getting to go back. So, so quickly after. We'll dive a little bit more, obviously next week uh, when we get a chance to chat, we'll find some time and, and dive a little deeper into Augusta, how it's playing all that stuff uh, for next week. For now, I only have one flight, Max. I don't know if you're, if you're flighty or not, I've only I'm got flightless. one. It's, you're flightless. Yeah, I'm grounded. Um, I, I have a feel-good Friday. Um, I uh, Last week, my wife, my wonderful wife, was in Arizona um, with some friends. Little Henry Man was still in Connecticut with me. Uh, a, I have uh, a completely new appreciation for any parent that's home all the time. Uh, God, you people are amazing. Congrats on being patient and understanding and wh- who you are because it is a lot of work. And my mom came out to help out. Uh, when I was obviously going to be at work and stuff. And I just want to say to my mom, who consumes a lot of what we do, you're an awesome human being. And it's always great when you have a relative that you also think is a unbelievable person, you know, because you have to like your relatives, right? You have to like your parents and your siblings and, you know, every and your kids. I mean, you're forced to like these people for the most part. And to actually have someone that is awesome as my um, unbelievable mother is, is a great thing. So feel good Friday to Eliza. Thank you very much for the help. Uh, I would not have been able to keep little man. Um, you know, I can hear him running around upstairs. I would not have been able to keep him kind of uh, moving forward without her help. So that's my feel good Friday. 
Yeah, mom's kind of just rock is what I'm I'm getting. I'm getting I'm starting to notice as I get older. It, it, it's it's hard. They're hard to beat, you know, just yeah. their entire disposition is uh, is is pretty effective. But uh, thanks again to Joel Damon for jumping on with us. Uh, Max, I thought you I thought you nailed the interview. I thought you did a great job. Questions were great. Thought your timing is perfect. <laughs> everything. Your text, your texts throughout help. I get very <laughs> interviewing is hard, guys. It's very nerve wracking. Uh, next week, uh, Masters week. This week we got some majors as well. Uh, we've got the ANWA. We've got the ANA. I mean, a lot of stuff going on. We'll be rocking and rolling on golf today. Make sure you watch. I'm on two and a half hours on uh, Wednesday as you're consuming this podcast. So uh, an extra thirty minutes, thirty minutes of bacon. You know? Should they? Should they? I mean, we need maybe separate the. Two biggest women's I, events. I know that's off a, the weekend. I, I would like to grow the game for both men and women here. But I don't, not a humongous fan of the timing of these two things because there's two things I actually like, like to, um, like the ANA, uh, the one of the tournament directors is one of my closest friends, uh, girlfriend. So I've really, I've always appreciated that event and even more so now. And the AMWA, I forget to watch it with, uh, with Jennifer and Maria uh, a couple years ago, three years ago? Two, two years, years ago, ago, yeah. was so fun, and, and I don't, you know, I'm going to be practicing, so I don't have time to just sit there and watch, you know, 70 hours of TV. I'd rather if it was a little less, so maybe going forward, we could sneak that thing into just uh, two several weeks. It'd be nice, selfishly for me. You said you had no flights, and that is, uh, I'm going to give it the good idea, oh, Mark, you. of get a group, uh, get a group approval. Uh, everybody have a great week. Uh, again, congrats to Joel. Max, excited for next week. I'll see you uh, somewhere in and around Augusta. Excited for that. Uh, enjoy the enjoy the the LPGA and the ANWA. It's going to be great. Wash your hands, everybody. Have a great week. See you guys in Augusta. Get a grip with Max Homa and Shane Bacon is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.